Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Tuesdays here at Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. It uh, does not feel spring-like. Burr. We'll uh, get to some spring football thoughts. Mitch Sherman going to join us. His take on Husker baseball as well. Nebraska men's and women's basketball in action tonight. The roadie to Northwestern and then Madison for Coach uh, Amy and company. And then uh, we'll dive in. Rick Kaczynski with us next hour. Jay Moore will uh, weigh in on Tom Brady and San Fran and some Aaron Rodgers info. No news. No new news with Aaron Rodgers. We'll get there. Tom Izzo gets us a standing ovation. We give him one uh, when it comes to the handshake topic. And uh, we thought about it, but there's not enough snow left in the parking lot for us to do a reenactment of the snow angel scene with uh, with winter conditioning this morning. But that was a cool video that Nebraska football tweeted out. Shorts, no shirt, and it's time to snow angel up on your tummy uh, for this Tuesday. Numbers to get in, 466 3776 466-37-76-800-825-5865. We'll talk running backs uh, as we talk spring football today. We'll uh, hit D-line for sure with Kaz and Jay Moore. Preview both of those spots for Nebraska and also some of the newcomers to watch. You a huge snow angel guy or not? Last time you did a snow angel. Oh, I was probably... You were probably like 10? Uh, maybe 15. Okay. 15 just I think I did one with Junior when he was like two maybe he's now 15 yeah I was never a big snowman guy either like growing up I was I was a snow fort guy right you build the snow fort build a snow fort and then I'd fight my brother with snowballs obviously uh-huh. that's the you, way to you go. have your stockpile you'd have three walls and you'd have the tree back behind you right mm-hmm. and and you go to work that way it was it was great yeah and there was it was just that, that's how you could pass two hours sure and as, as just, and if you the it just depended on your accuracy, <laughs> yeah, uh, the amount of snowballs you needed to make. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's it's just butt cold outside. Yeah, it's and it's one of those things where it's if it's gonna be this cold, I wish it might as well even snow more. Is that just yeah. me? Yeah, that's like that's, if, if that, that is just you. If it's gonna be this cold, you might as well give me something pretty to look at for a little bit, it's cause, especially because it's gonna be like sixty by this weekend anyway. So all the snow would melt off, so it's gonna be this cold for a couple days. Might as well give me some pretty snow and then have it be gone by the weekend. You and your scenery. <laughs> <laughs> no, no to the snow. But uh, running backs uh, on our mind for Nebraska, so that'll be uh, a position. 
of importance. And, and some of the newcomers to watch, Elijah, uh, one guy is not here. Athlon put out a list, and they, they wanted to, to touch on five newcomers that would make an impact. We'll also dive into some mock draft info out there. Three names that, that could be uh, day one, well, make it day two guys. But the Athlon does a nice job. They've been around a million years for college football. And listen, uh, the, the guy that I'm just going to not talk about here is DeAndre Jordan, make it Jackson, because there is no DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jackson, because he's the kid that was supposed to be in from A&M. Things didn't transfer or whatever the case may be. So he's got a class to finish at A&M, and then it's, it's a post-spring thing anyway. I think it's uh, mightily important for you to get everybody in. Uh, Emmett Johnson's uh, the one recruit, all, all Minnesota, Mr. Minnesota. You have A.J. Allen, of course, the flip from uh, TCU. Ramir is your incumbent. Yant is your intrigue. Step has been there for a long time when it comes to Division One college football suiting up. Irvin's your question mark because of injury return. And then Anthony Grant is your come in and do it because you've come from JUCO. That's quite a list. I don't know that everybody stays. And I don't know right now, unless it just kind of comes down to Coach Applewhite and his confidence in, in forming a rotation. He'll see all these guys. They'll have a clean slate. And the O-line needs to be better to, to open the running lanes or one of these backs needs to be tremendous at making the O-line look better than they are and making somebody miss at the line of scrimmage. But, you know, Irvin's I'm – not, I'm not saying Irvin can't factor in, but it's just we'll see how soon he can get back. Uh, Ramir – God, he was he was good for Nebraska last year. He was versatile for Nebraska last year with what he was able to do catching the football. Think of how well he ran and caught against Michigan. Big time. Uh, but also the last two games of the year, he wasn't available because just the, the, the pounding that you take at that size. But he's got the toughness you want. The guy I'm really interested in that is total wild card is Yant because of his size and natural gifts, getting coached up, knowing what to do, being confident in what to do. Man, he could be a a lot of fun to watch. But I'm really interested here in in Anthony Grant just because of his style, uh, his his combination of speed and physicality. And who's to say A.J. Allen didn't come in or can't come in and and wow and and be a, a confident back? If I'm drafting Elijah, the guy I'm probably not drafting, and this isn't personal, but the guy that, I mean, he's been here a long time and he wasn't injured. He said it so himself. Was Step. Mm. I mean, that's 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 the guy that I think I would love to see have a great spring and carry it over to summer and then obviously be here in the fall to to do some good things. I just don't know. I just don't know because he's had time at SC. He had time last year to seize that. I think part of the problem, though, is you just didn't have a uh, – if you ask the running backs, and at least some of them have spoken about it, 
they just weren't real clear on the why. Why am I not playing? And I'm sure there's a good reason that they weren't playing, either a trust factor or, listen, you're not good at, at, at blocking or you don't know the playbook or this guy's a little quicker or is more downhill or his style fits better in this game plan. There's a lot of different valid reasons as to why the rotation was the way it was, but you saw a little bit more fluid rotation, in my humble opinion, with when Ron Brown came in the last couple games of the year. You saw a running back rotation that didn't wow against Wisconsin, but was good enough to avoid being one-dimensional. And then you saw some nice things by by Yant. Uh, Scott is gone. Morrison is gone. You're going to probably have... What have we rattled off here? Uh, six running backs. Fair to say four remain after spring? Four. I could even see five. Okay. So some, someone who doesn't make a dent that's been here a while, that's either a step or a yant or a Ramir. Fair? Yeah, I see step most, probably most likely. We, we don't know. We hope we, we, not. We don't, we don't, yeah, I'm, I'm with you here. But when I look at the fact that, as you said, he had a door that was wide open for him to receive playing time last season if, if he could step up and seize the opportunity, and he, he didn't. Uh, and then you see a new position coach coming in, bringing in some guys uh, that fit Applewhite style a little bit better, some guys that you think, well, if the coach is bringing them in, there's a reason that they're being brought in. So it, to, to me, it looks like a guy like Step would be a guy who would be on the outs, a guy who's really have to, to fight and scratch and claw for playing time this spring to try to get himself in that rotation. Obviously, we don't know what's going to happen through the course of spring practice with how this is going to shake out, but he seems to be the guy that I, I look most at, and I go, I- I'm not sure where he fits in this running back room. No. Now, you, you know where he should fit is that downhill thumper, right? That's your four to four and a half yards per carry, maybe even three yards in a cloud of dust. And but we, by the fourth quarter, that's a seven to 12 yard or maybe you rip one off. And the thing is, I think we saw a guy in Jacquez Yant that looked more ready for that role than, than Marquis Stepton. Had, had more of a burst. Had more of a burst, yeah. And you look at, I mean, he flashed the talent. He didn't necessarily show, I think, what we expected to see out of him all year last year. But against Northwestern especially, he looked great and uh, struggled on the goal line a couple different times. I think that's something a young guy will learn to get better at. But he looks like a guy who is much more suited to to step up and take that role in 2022. No, I'm putting money down like guys that I'm super intrigued to watch, Anthony Grant, Yance development, and then what's the new kid A.J. Allen look like? We don't have a a return. We we assume we'll see some, some Gabe Irvin. But that was not a that was not a good knee injury against Oklahoma. But you know, time is time has passed. So uh, I, maybe Step turns it on. Maybe, maybe a change of scenery within that uh, that that coaching room is just the trick he needs. So some running back thoughts there. I mean, just to, well, you look at the roster and including walk ons. There's do some quick math. One, two, three, four, five, There's six, seven, eight, nine, running ten, backs 11, 12, 13, roster. 14 guys, including walk-ons in there. And uh, I mean, if you take out the walk-ons, it's still seven guys. That's seven deep. scholarship guys. Mm-hmm. That it's it's <laughs> they're not hurting for options is the best way to put it. Because we haven't even talked about Evan they, Johnson. They, they, yeah, well, I said Johnson off the top, but, but we haven't really talked about him. He's another yeah. freshman who's coming in. I mean, honestly, people fans were excited for for what Emmett Johnson could mm-hmm. be. So. I don't know who's gonna who's gonna rise to the top. I think Ramir Johnson's most likely, but just it could go 
any which direction, I wouldn't be surprised. You'll have a one-two punch for sure. Let's talk mock draft for a moment when we talk about uh, the NFL and some Huskers to look at. So right now, good write-up by our friends at 24-7 Sports. So you have uh, three Huskers appearing in the latest mock draft. And uh, the first guy off the board, it looks like third round, and this is this is deja vu. A Husker going to Cincinnati at center, right? Uh, Cam Jurgens, ninety fifth overall, uh, Pro Football Network. Cam Malore, his projections here uh, have Jurgens number ninety five overall to Cincinnati. And, and this is what's frightening, but uh, but true. He'd be the first player since Malik Collins to go that high in the draft. Now, Nebraska had a good draft in 2015 with, with Ramir and Randy and Vincent going. All right. And then you got to go to 2016, Malik Collins. You had Malik go third round. You had Nate Gary, I think, go in the fifth round that year as well. So... Since he in the spot at center, does Cam stay at center? Does he go to guard? Who knows? Cam Taylor-Britt, fifth-round pick to the Bears. He got a lot of respect he earned with toughness and his edge uh, at the uh, the Senior Bowl. And the, the Bears are, are always in look for help on that back four. And uh, Cam's a guy that just flat out finds a way to get the football. Then JoJo Doman, also a fifth-round pick. JoJo, they look at him as, as potentially a fifth-round guy. And Philly does a good job. And we just talked a week ago to, to JoJo's dad, Craig Doman, that sub-package, right? What what do you do as a third-down specialist? And uh, totally, JoJo Doman's one of those guys that could come in. Other guys that are, are draft hopefuls, Austin Allen. Do you see Allen sneaking in day three, maybe even day two? I think so with his ball skills and his agility and his and his size. I, mean, I, I, think, I, I see him the same way as JoJo, which is the fact that there's you draft based on potential. Nightmare. You draft based on potential with what JoJo could bring to a defense, say two years down the road after some development. What, what Austin Allen could bring to an NFL offense two years down the road after some development. I, I see them both in that fourth, fifth, sixth round range, somewhere in there. You know, and you know, Ben Stilley and Damian Daniels, they're two guys that have a good motor. Uh, Damian's a little bit healthier now, and he tried to play through some injury last year. And then Toure, he, he'll he be on a roster, trying to make a roster. It just comes down to if he gets drafted or not. And uh, not comparing the two, but from a, where they came from, the Cooper Cup story, I mean, he was a diamond they found, what, third round out of Eastern Washington. I'm not saying Samari's a third-round guy or even Cooper Cup, but similar football lives uh, of coming from uh, Division Two powers. Samari at least got the chance to shine and did really well in uh, Big Ten action. Finally, and, and we'll dive back into this a little bit further, Nebraska uh, at Northwestern tonight. Uh, Fred Hoiberg's going to be coaching Hurt as he's dealing with that viral infection. That being said, uh, let's see if Nebraska has some payback on their mind from the embarrassment they suffered almost three weeks ago that was very telling and really pretty much the straw that broke the Nebraska fans back with their frustration and, and patience level for this football team. 
you have some more opportunity. Ohio State looms. Iowa's here Friday. Uh, we'll be down at Single Barrel for our final Real Red tip-off. Uh, ahead of that tip-off at 8 o'clock as Iowa comes looming. But first things first, it is Northwestern. Uh, it is uh, a chance for Nebraska to get win number two. This isn't about spoiler, but this is about having some self-respect for the love of God and going out there and and, and trying to get a little revenge. What what What's possible here for this basketball team uh, as they're, uh, <laughs> they're 11-point underdogs, I think. That's the number. Uh, as they head in Nebraska, 7-19, and 1-14. Northwestern has five conference wins. You could say they were closer to eight or nine uh, conference wins, but you, you just have freshman of the week hand uh, or awards handed out to, to Bryce every year. Does Nebraska's defensive effort look drastically different? Mitch Sherman's next to Tail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Coming up, we'll spend time with Jay Moore, his take on the D-line. Rick Kaczynski also checks in as we are gearing up towards spring. Snow angels and all. Mitch Sherman from The Athletic with us at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, uh, how much snow did you guys get? Um, it was more than a dusting. I'd say uh, definitely definitely um, less than an inch. I'm not sure what the, uh, what the measurement um, classification is for that amount of snow. It was like a crusting Annoying. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. It was enough to enough to make it a little slick. Some freezing rain mixed in too. Um, I didn't have to shovel, so that's really all that matters. There, there's the answer we're looking for. Mitch Sherman is with us. So, Mitch, uh, let's talk level of concern after just one weekend with Husker baseball. Let's start there. Uh, reaction to uh, to the tough weekend against Sam Houston. Yeah, I think we talked about this last week, and you know, you asked me about the expectations for this team coming out nationally ranked and preseason favorite in the big 10. And, and, you know, I don't, I think I said something like be patient, but the team you see, you had your crystal ball out, bud. Right. Well, I mean, it's common in college baseball, especially with the Northern team. I know Nebraska has been outside more than usual or was outside. Not today, not tomorrow, <laughs> uh, more than usual in the month of February. Um, but it's still different to, to practice uh, in Texas or Florida or Arizona um, than it is in Nebraska. You know, those, those guys who play at those programs haven't just been outside in February. They've been outside working out in, in December, in January. You know, you're not in, you're not in full practice mode 
Um, but you can go out and catch fly balls. You know, baseball is a sport that you can kind of practice without coaches. And, you know, I, I remember um, years of, of going to some of those destinations for, for bowl games with the football team, you know, and, and being in, in like a, a destination like San Diego and, and seeing um, the college baseball team out, out working out. Um, and, and so, so it's, it's just different in those regions. And, and when you go and you play those teams um, as a school like Nebraska uh, in, in, in week one, in February, uh, you're going to be farther behind. Um, you know, it's, it, it, Nebraska will be a different team in, in March and in April and in May. And, you know, they'll, they'll be the product that they, um, that Will Bolton, this coaching staff, intend for them to be, um, hopefully, when they get into Big Ten play. Um, you would like to see them um, a little uh, compete a, a little better. Um, you know, and that, that's what I thought. That's what was most disappointing. And, and you know, I watched the, the opener and, the, and then listened to some of the, the, the other three games. Um, and from, definitely from what I saw in that first game, the, the, you know, the pitchers were, were not up on the mound competing, um, at least not all of them, especially the starting pitchers. Now, they were you know, throwing, throwing balls out of the zone um, when they just need to be firing strikes. Um, a lot of the at-bats weren't competitive. You didn't see great swings. And I know some of that changed as the weekend went along, and there were, there were pieces that came together, but they were, they were failed a bit by their infield defense, which isn't a huge surprise considering um, that, that they're replacing some key pieces there and have moved their second baseman over to shortstop and have a new first baseman, but um, and have a true freshman you know, among, the, among the starters. Um, so it was, it was rough. You, you would have liked to have seen Nebraska scratch and find a way to go two and two. Um, but, uh, you know, it's not like something that they can't come back from. We don't want to have this football mentality with baseball where a loss or, or a, a few losses um, sour you on what the season might be. There's 56 games to be played and, and um, plenty of time for this team to turn it around. The last thought with baseball, I guess what surprised me was, uh, the, not to go football here, but the three phases, pitching, defense, and then the offense, all mm-hmm. of them struggled. It wasn't just one thing that was a letdown. Yeah, um, and, and I think that just goes back to it being the first week. Um, if you see that three, four weeks into the season, then you know you start to you, you start to have questions about this team's ceiling and and the potential and and the preparation and, and whether it is um, the kind of group that they put together that that I, people thought in the preseason. But based on on four games, um, I, I don't I don't think you can you can make that. Uh, judgment yet there are young players in important spots and guys everywhere who are in roles that they're not accustomed to I I would think that it's been um, you know a a look in the mirror kind of week of of practice inside back in Lincoln maybe outside one day Um, and knowing those coaches on that staff um, I, I would think that they're going to have these guys ready to come out with a little bit different mentality um on the diamond against TCU as far as their their readiness to just to, to compete in at bats, whether it's on the mound or at the plate. And I don't know what the result, what to expect from the result against a, a nationally ranked Big 12 team, um, but but I, I do think you'll see them compete a, a, on a little bit different level than they did against Sam Houston. Mitch, when to go to recruiting and saw your tweet a little bit ago here at Mitch Sherman on Twitter with The Athletic. Uh, let's talk about Will Watson, quarterback, uh, set to make his mm-hmm. announcement and Sounds like he's got a really strong connection with Coach Whipple. Yeah, pretty certain that Nebraska is going to have some big news uh, tonight on the uh, on the quarterback front with the 2023 class. And this is notable because there are quarterbacks in the state of Kansas, in the state of Iowa, 
Um, and even in the state of Nebraska with St. Flores out of Gretna, who does not have a Nebraska offer, but is getting Big 12 offers seemingly every day, um, you know, who are – I don't know that you necessarily take them off the board because Nebraska if, – if Nebraska gets a commitment tonight from Will Watson, um, but probably not looking at – um, initially, at least, more than one quarterback in this class. So Avery Johnson out of Mays, Kansas, J.J. Cole out of Ankeny, Iowa, um, you know, they go down a notch for sure in, in what Nebraska's looking at if, if Watson commits. And he's a, he's a smaller guy. Um, you know, you've seen Nebraska the last couple of years uh, with Richard Torres and Heinrich Harburg take big six foot five, six foot six quarterbacks. Uh, Watson is six foot, 180 pounds, but he is extremely dynamic. And I'd had the chance to watch some of his film today. And um, he's played two seasons of high school. The 2020 season was was all but wiped away um, in Springfield, Mass, uh, because of the pandemic. They played, I think, two or three games. Um, and he won state championships as a freshman, um, and then again as a junior this year um, in the largest class in the state, and and did it at Gillette Stadium um, in in, uh, in December of his junior year. So he can he has a huge arm um, for his size, throws that ball. You know, you, you see on his on his film, uh, throws 50, 60 yards in the air, um, and, and he's quick um, and decisive with what he does running. So if this is an indication. Um, of what the Frost Whipple offense is going to look like and the kind of quarterback that they covet, you know, I think what it says is that they're willing to 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 go with the the, the most talented players they can get. And because Mark Whipple had a a guy in Kenny Pickett last year at Pitt who didn't run the ball much and traditionally hasn't been an offensive coordinator who's had quarterbacks who run the ball a lot, that doesn't mean that that he won't uh, he won't adapt to that kind of a system and and blend his expertise with what Scott Frost does well um, and use a guy like this. Um, otherwise, that they wouldn't be recruiting Will Watson. Yeah, Mitch, I don't think the the recruiting profile really jumps off at you when you look at him. He is a little bit undersized for your prototypical quarterback. Uh, he's a, rated as a three star by both rivals and twenty four seven. But you look at the offer list, and he's got some some big name offers with Oregon, Michigan, Tennessee, Kentucky, all of offering this kid. And it, and it sounds like. Uh, his relationship with with Mark Whipple goes back to the the, the pit days, correct? It goes back to to beyond that. It goes back to Whipple's time as the head coach at UMass uh, when Watson was in elementary school. So uh, and, and yeah, he was offered by Tennessee and Michigan and Pitt uh, after his freshman year in in 2020. So I mean, he showed talent right off the bat. Um, SEC, you know, Big Ten. ACC kind of talent right away, and then of course Nebraska got interested when when Whipple uh, came to Lincoln uh, in December, and he came for a junior day to Lincoln in uh, in January. Watson did, and, and the offer was made. And and um, you know, obviously, if Nebraska gets him, um, it's it's uh, you know entirely because uh, at least on on the initial connection. Uh, because of of Mark Whipple and, and his long long term relationship with uh, with Will and his family, sixth grade man, <laughs> I mean sixth grade going back to UMass. Uh, Mitch Sherman's with us. Mitch, does Nebraska look at two quarterbacks in twenty twenty three? I don't think so. Um, at least not right away. I mean, it, you, you never say never. And you know, in today's age uh, of uh, players changing their mind and and um, everything that happens, um, you know, things change. It, it, now that's going to depend too on on what happens with the guys on the roster. You you, you can't say for certain that Nebraska is not going to take another quarterback just based on on one commitment. But, but because there's there's but there's five on scholarship in the program. Um, you know if there's three on scholarship in the program come August, 
and you're looking at this 23 class and you've got the one one commit, yeah, then maybe you think about um, adding a second one. Of course, that's going to come down to conversations and trust that you have um, with, with, with your if, – if Watson is the guy, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves before, before his announcement, but if he's the guy um, who they have committed – um, you're going to have, as coaches, you have conversations with him, and a lot of times those conversations will, will involve whether he's he's their their only target or or they're looking at more than one. And, and of course, those things can change. Like as I said, based on um, based on comings and goings of, of of guys on your roster. But but right away, um, if um, you know if he's in, then I think the the focus on Avery Johnson and, and JJ Cole and, and even potentially Zane Flores. Um, it it, uh, it diminishes a bit, at least for the time being, while you've got the other five who are on scholarship in the program. So running backs, where I want to go, Mitch, who are you really eyeing here this spring at running back? Well, um, you know, A.J. Allen's not here yet. Um, I would say him, and I, I'll say him in August, because I think he's under the radar um, as a really talented, maybe the most talented running back that Nebraska signed in in a number of years. I mean, you can go back to the year that um, that um, Nebraska signed Amir Abdullah among um, among three running backs that year, and you know they, that that was viewed as a as a really highly highly regarded class. Um, it, Amir was not necessarily expected to be the one no, was to green, emerge from that group. It? Say that again. It was green, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. Yes, um, ended up at what TCU. Yep, yep. Yeah, um, he was the big time recruit there, and, and, and I think AJ Allen. By the time um, he gets to Lincoln, and, and, and people have heard and seen more about him, you know, he's going to be viewed on on that kind of a level. Um, so he's not here this spring. Um, he's not an early enrollee. So I'm not answering your question. Um, I, I, I don't know how much <laughs> no, I'm going to get to see. I don't know how much I'm going to get to see. We're going to get to see, but the spring game for sure. Um, want to see Anthony Grant, um, the junior college running back who who had huge numbers down at uh, New Mexico Military Institute. Um, you know, I want to see what Jacquez Yant has done um, in this off season. That's the off season. The last off season Nebraska went through is where he kind of lost focus and, and lost um, a good chunk of, of the 2021 season because he came in in August out of shape. You know, it appears from some of the videos that Nebraska has put out that Jacquez has maintained his. Uh, his physical conditioning and is going to be a beast when camp opens next week. So, um, you know, we don't want to forget about Ramir Johnson coming off of an injury at the, the end of the season. Um, you know, those, those would be the, uh, the, the, the guys to, uh, to, to keep an eye on, I would say um, in the spring among those who are here. And then, and then, yeah, AJ Allen, when, when he, uh, when he gets to campus, you know, Marquis step is, is kind of the forgotten man in that in that group, and and you know if he's entirely healthy for the first time in his in several years, um, you know then he's somebody who who's going to try to get into the mix too, but um, you know he's going to have to work his way um, up through a number of other candidates. Mitch, good stuff. We'll chat soon. Thanks so much for the time. Okay, thanks guys. Take care. Hello, listener. This is Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity. And I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe 
and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Well, this was good. Tom Izzo, standing O, phenomenal when it comes to handshake lines. Yesterday, the old Facebook memory popped up from two years ago. Two years ago in February, Michigan State came to town, won by 12 to 17 points. And, you know, my wife and kid love Sparty. The reason Junior loves Sparty, there was a Michigan State player that was kind of a big brother to a cancer patient. I think it was Valentine, Michigan State's player from yeah, Denzel Valentine. Yeah, yeah, 2012, 2013, maybe even the 14th season. But Valentine was on the Big Ten journey. And that's, you know, hell, almost eight, nine years ago, Carson would have been really young as a, as a sports fan. But that, that kind of tugged at his heart. It was really cool to see him soak that in, uh, a sports player give back to a little girl. And so that's why he likes Michigan State, as much kidding as we give him. So it, if you fast forward to, to, to two seasons ago, and my wife is like, well, you, we're, we're getting Sparty tickets, and you're taking me. And I'm like, all right, got to do the show first. And she shows up in her Michigan State gear and – like, where did you get all of this? Where do you hide it? Da, 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 da. But she, she like, beelines. It's like the scene from Seinfeld where, where George is throwing kids out of the way at the birthday party because there's a fire. Except Izzo was down there after the blowout signing autographs. Yes, they shook hands. And she made me take their pictures. Like, I don't really do this, sweetie. I mean, I, I feel kind of fanish. And that, that's awesome. I loved, I loved being a fan, but... I just, I mean, if I ever get an interview with this guy, I, I don't want, oh, yeah, my wife's the one that accosted you <laughs> for a selfie. <laughs> She's a crazy blonde lady that you had this weird look in your eye. And that that picture <laughs> came up on the memories of Facebook yesterday. And, uh, and Izzo, again, kind of nails it yesterday with uh, what he thinks about the handshake line. He went off uh, on the, the notion that it's time to get rid of the handshake. The social media world, which you love, and in the national broadcasting talk shows, there are suggestions, silly as they may be, that we should do away with the handshake line now. Oh, my God. Have you heard that? <laughs> oh, my God, I have. And I do got to comment on that since that's not insulting to anybody. That, to me, would be the biggest farce joke ridiculous nature of anything I've ever heard of. We've already taught these poor 18-year-olds that when, when, you know, you're told to go to class and you don't like it, you can leave. We've already told these kids if you're not happy, you can do something else. We've already told these kids that it's hard to hold them accountable, and now we're going to tell them to not man up and walk down a line on somebody who's kicked your butt and have enough class to shake their hand is utterly ridiculous. So if the president said it, 
I think he's full of it. If the best coach in America said it, I think that gets me way more than this incident because we're already teaching these kids nothing. And then we're going to do something like that. I mean, I'm going to tell you something in the last three games. Trace Jackson recruited him hard. I don't like his dad. I love his dad. Great, great guy. I mean, I went down and congratulated him. I told him that it's been glad he stayed another year. It's been fun to have him in the league. Frazier, I said to him in the line, you know, a lot of people get credit on your team, but what you did today defensively, running your team, not taking a shot forever, I said, am I happy for the league that you came back? Now, I said, for me, I wish your tail was out of here, okay? But those are like, those are the moments when... Um, I just think that you learn the most about people. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't like it last year when we're, some people waved, you know. I didn't care if I got COVID. I'm going to go down there and shake the guy's hand. And I'm going to try to shake the player's hand. And I don't know what they do in every sport. But somebody says, well, they don't do that in football. Hell, are you kidding me? There's changing jerseys. I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit in the Magic Johnson thing when he said that uh, Pat Riley would say, don't be talking to anybody from the Celtics before the game. But when the series was over, you know, that's when the respect factor came. So the people that are saying that are the same people that don't want to teach players accountability, respect, or anything else. How about if we do this? Instead of not having the line, my buddy Mariucci, when he got the San Francisco 49er job, he had a deal where they practiced how they were going to go from the locker room to the, to the field and played the national anthem and how they were going to tuck their helmets under their arm and went through the whole national anthem in practice. I thought that was awesome. So maybe we should teach people how to shake hands and what to do. And you didn't hit a sore spot with what happened. You hit a sore spot with that. I think that is absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. So pretty lengthy, but Tom Izzo lets you know where he stands on the handshake. Elijah, you can't be a front runner. You're not going to win all the time. Losing's awful. It sucks. It should hurt. But you should respond in a, in a certain way. That's, that's all the further I'll go. We'll talk to Kaz about... Jawan Howard just getting suspended. We'll get his take on it here next hour. But it's part of part of growing up. And I, I think part of the, the handshake line is the the finality of the game saying now it's back to regular life. Like like the, what happens on a basketball court, what happens on a football field isn't like it doesn't necessarily follow societal norms with what's acceptable on a basketball court and what's acceptable off. And I sure. think that handshake line is that buffer between, hey, now we're back and realizing this is back to real life. This is back to this other person this that's is across from you. This is, is being respected. Yeah, it's the, and it's giving the, respect. It's, it's the person across from you is a is a person, not just some athlete who is guarding you and held you to two points. Like you go shake their hand as a, a form of respect. Yet it mm-hmm. to, to I guess humanize the situation. A little bit, a little bit. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, whole lot of nothing. You know, 
He's not ready to make a comment on his future yet. He joined uh, Pat McAfee earlier today. Dude, all we learned from from Aaron Rodgers is is he did a cleanse and well, it cleaned him out (laughs) multiple times. Willingly. (laughs) He went and did something to the equivalent of of the stomach flu for, what, 12 days? 12 days. Yeah, let let that simmer. We'll wind down Hour 1. Rick Kaczynski and Jay Moore next hour. Hail Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now. And now. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Can fire up emails, Chris at HailVarsity.com, 466-377-6800-825-5865. Rick Kaczynski next. Jay Moore follows him. So Vic uh, from Denver chimes in and says, I need to do a cleanse myself. I'd be a new man. Uh, I do the, the kind of a fasting thing. I've never done a juice fast. You? Oh, no, no. I think, I think that's all a bunch of hot <laughs> The face Elijah made. Ooh, <laughs> no. Did you eat your vegetables? Ola? No, no. And what's the point of a cleanse? Doesn't my body already have, like, doesn't your liver already cleanse things already? Like, Depends on how you treat your liver, Elijah. Well, I mean, it must be better than Aaron Rodgers. Well, like, the thing is, as he said, he's into that, uh, I don't know, uber ultra healthy. I mean, look at, like, let's just look at the alternative lifestyle of Tom Brady when it comes to diet and exercise and pliability, right? He's he's not a big weight guy. He's a band guy, but he's played at a high level till he's damn near 45. Is he 45? Yeah, he's 45, isn't he? I think so. Or or right there. Yeah, somewhere. He's, he's about your age. He's, he's older than I am. <clears throat> that said, I mean, guys that can afford this stuff do it, first of all. And, you know, A-Rod's, A-Rod's is, is closing in on, on 40 himself. I mean, he's 38, 39 years of age. And I don't know, there's, Vic, you'd have to really talk me into it. I know there's a few places around town that do, like, juice cleanse stuff, and I'm not knocking that. I mean, people swear by it. I just haven't really investigated. Well, Aaron Rodgers' 12-day cleanse, that, that's serious. So did you uh, do some research on yeah, this? Yeah, no, no. So he said that his 12-day cleanse um, helped him uh, with uh, an intense gratitude for everyone in his life whenever he uh, got out of it. And I thought that meant like he was probably spending 12 days with a shaman on top of some mountain doing a whole bunch of shrooms. <laughs> um, but turns out, I looked into it, it's called a panchakarma cleanse, mm. which involves... Induced vomiting, which helps clear the upper GI tract. Uh, and then there is an oil enema, which helps to re- lubricate the rectal area and remove lipid-soluble waste. Mm. Just, uh, it, it just sounds horrible. And it can take anywhere from 8 days to 24 days, depending on how much you need to clear out of your system. It just... Just ugh. Mm. I'm, I'm reading through everything here. And I, I'd like, go through the old, uh, the old vision quest, like uh, second or third last episode to season four of, of Yellowstone. Mm. Let me go sleep outside and uh, ingest some things, and let's see what we see. <laughs> yeah. Or even like a, like a sweat lodge would be cool. Yeah, I'm just... Go do that. I, I don't know about the, the, the old oil treat, the oil change. 
Uh, <laughs> nor the induced vomiting. Yeah, no. Captain Morgan can do that for me. Uh, buckle up. Please do so. Using your seatbelt saves lives, prevents injuries, only if you properly wear that safety belt. Buckle up. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Uh, there is that. Uh, Dan tweets in, don't upset the double. Yeah, I get you. The big guy, the big juice guy. Yeah, last thing I want to do is piss off old JP. I get you. <laughs> Dan, Danny, a warning. I, I am not, I am not in any way, shape, or form, though, going the Aaron Rodgers route for cleansing. Let's uh, go to Rick Kaczynski next. Hour two on the way with Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. <laughs> Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's Hale Varsity. Dot com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402 466 ESPN or 1 800 825 5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back into it at Tail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, a longtime coach at Nebraska and Iowa. Rick Kaczynski with us a Tuesday with Kaz. Kaz is is finding your way into Ukraine, similar to uh, getting a first down or being short on fourth. <laughs> well, Smith Rock, there's there's not a whole lot of gray area either. You either do or you don't, right? So I don't know how you. How you uh, begin to evade, invade or start to invade? You either evaded or you didn't. So it looks like looks like oh Putin invaded here. So uh, yep, expect to pay a little bit more for fuel here, considering they control about thirty five percent of the uh, of the uh, the petroleum in the world. So let's get the, let's get that pipeline going again, huh? Get some more Nebraskans to work. Still going. Let's just get a more efficient one. So let's put these cats back to work. Let's go, Schmitty. What are you doing? Uh, you know, get off your I, tail. That's right. My tail's in front of a microphone versus a pipeline because me and manual labor. It's not that I'm afraid of it. I'm just no good at it, Kaz. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from the the lawn mowing and the snow scooping as a youth. But uh, no, man. Listen, on on the the international front, let's go there. Did you ever recruit anybody internationally, or did you have anybody from across the pond ever as a teammate or a roommate or anything like that? No, nah, no, nah. Canada. That's about it. And yeah, we know we know how that works out. So you had a Canadian <laughs> teammate? Yeah, over down in uh, or over in uh, South Bend. A uh, linebacker named uh, Bill Matula, so good dude, smart dude, tough guy. But uh, you know, American football, a step, step, couple steps faster. 
possibly the Canucks are a little bit <laughs> a little bit faster on the ice than they are on the turf. So, but uh, other than that, not yeah, no. Nah. Ever ever nah, do any just, hockey? Do you ever you ever you ever take him on on his turf on the on the uh, frozen pond? <laughs> and uh, and uh, he he would have had me and call once they moved me to center, so I would uh, he would have got me on the ice, brother. So uh, <laughs> yeah, never took. I, I, I tried to. Uh, I tried to uh, stay off the ice as much as possible in uh, in, in those days. So uh, I did enough other things off the field and on the field to hurt myself. So I didn't need to add something else in the mix that would almost guarantee me uh, guarantee hurting something on my body. Well, imagine going into Holtz's office saying, "Yeah, coach, I blew up my elbow because I fell uh, playing hockey in my my off time." Uh, I wouldn't have told anybody. Got through practice some way, somehow. That's how it went in. So. Rick Kaczynski's <laughs> with us. Kaz, a thought here. We uh, were talking about the Big Ten and the Alliance. We spent some time this college football season about the Big Ten partnering up with the Pac-12 and possibly the ACC and, and maybe shaving off a, a conference game, going to eight conference games. A bit of a handshake deal, all in the name of playoff expansion. And last week after we talked to you, I think it was Wednesday or Thursday that things kind of came out, oh, by the way, uh, playoff expansion has been halted. You've got a, a couple of statements out about the uh, the NCAA, uh, uh, toothless as they are, concerned about NIL and the portal. All that being said, the Big Ten looks to – make about a billion dollars here with their next media rights deal uh, that'll come up at the end of 2023. How does that grab you first with the Big Ten just kind of looking around the room, the ADs talking with one another, saying, look, there's really only one league that's in competition with us from a ratings standpoint, and it's the SEC, and the Big Ten – pretty much dominates when you look at the regular season matches. I mean, hell, Iowa-Penn State got 6.9 million eyes on them just this season. Most, A lot of the top-viewed games were were Big Ten matchups, involved at least one Big Ten team, or uh, overall was, was Big Ten you know, conference games. What's your reaction to the Big Ten kind of standing firm and saying, let's just kind of bet on ourselves here? Well, I, I think there's a couple things at hand. One, you got more Big Ten alumni spread out uh, across the United States than, than any other conference. Um, I think, too, uh, the, the conference has done a really good job. I, I know there's been some additions to the conference that maybe don't marry up, um, you know, like a Rutgers and things like that, to maybe the pageantry, the campuses, um, the the history of the, of the Big Ten. Um but uh, it, it brought TVs, it brought in a market where there's a lot of Big Ten alumni. But I think, too, they've also protected, they've done a great job protecting the brand from, um, you know, from the bowl tie-ins to the TV contracts to the time slots. Um, you know, I think, you know, the Fox was a good thing, the big noon deal, you know. And I think they've done a really good job not, not going head-to-head kind of with the SEC just kind of staying in their lane. And um, so I think from a leadership standpoint, they, they've really done a, a, a great job with that. And, and academics do play a role in a lot of their, a lot of their decisions. It's, 
it's not it's not talked a lot um, uh, when uh, when the ads come out or when they have these big contracts, but. You know, the presidents, uh, the alumni, There's a, yeah, I, I've been in, in a lot of those meetings and a lot of those talks with staffs where the academic integrity of the league has a, has a lot to do with it. And that, that ties back to the alumni and, and the, the pride that people have in their, in their institutions and, and, and uh, you know, getting those, uh, get, getting those teams on a, on a national stage. So, I mean, you, you look across the Big Ten, um, and those teams are represented everywhere in, everywhere in this country. There's alumni everywhere. So I, I think they've done a I think they've done a really good job. I think the SEC's done a really good job of who they're adding. Every everything's been strategic. Um, when you add a team, you know they're in the Big Ten. I mean, you know, yeah. I, I get confused between the, the the pack, the Mountain, whatever the hell else is out there. And those teams that ju- that jump around, and it seems like the Big 12 kind of, you know, it's backfiring now. They made those decisions for Texas. Texas ruled the roost for for so long, and and you know, they lost the integrity of that conference, and, and you're never going to get it back. And look where they are now. So, um, you know, I, I think they've 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 done a really good job of 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 seeing the big picture, just not making rash decisions. Um, and making, uh, you know, trying to make a quick strike power move. And I think that's what really has hurt the Big 12. And that's why the SEC and, and the Big 10 are the, you know, play the best football. They have the, the most recognized brands. They have the best bowl tie-ins. And they have the most viewers on Saturdays. Rick Kaczynski's with us. Hail Varsity Radio. Kaz, spring football starts Monday. I wanted to get your perspective on that, that clean slate. You uh, lived it when you took over the position group coming to Nebraska. You had a defensive line group you uh, inherited and also recruited. So it's not a completely new face in Coach Dawson, but he's getting the the interior line versus just outside backers now. So that's the whole front is his. You know, what were your conversations like with guys when you uh, came to Nebraska and you introduced yourself and – you laid out your expectations uh, in, the, in that clean slate uh, mentality. Well, I, I think first, just you know, with Coach Dawson taking the whole group, uh, um, I, I think that'll be beneficial. Um, I know there, there was a couple jobs back in 2010. One was an NFL, and then the other one was Texas. And I, I, mean, I purposely didn't take the jobs because I was going to have to split the lineup. I just think that's absolutely. I, I just don't think that ever works out. Um, you know, when you're when you're sharing a position, two guys coaching two, no matter how similar you are, no matter what your backgrounds are, you everybody everybody talks a little bit different, everybody coaches a little bit different, everybody has different demands, uh, different different words, different sayings, different ways of teaching. So, I think when you have all the groups on the same page, I, I think that's a great thing. And and then also. I think structurally, when you when you're teaching the defense, and we always did this with Norm and, and, and with Bo at, at at Nebraska, you know, you you teach from, you teach the entire structure. You teach what the guys behind you are doing, first and foremost, so you understand how the pieces fit. And when you have a guy with Coach Dawson's experience and coaching them all, that makes you a better football player when you know what the guy behind you, and you know what the guy next to you is doing. So I, I think they'll. I think they'll benefit there. Um, you know, and for me, I, I it was fortunate. Uh, I was fortunate to, to come 
during the bowl game, and, and obviously having some uh, uh, history with not I don't want to say history with Nebraska. You know, the year before Bo had offered me a job, but it was actually on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, they were going to split the lineup with uh, with Barney and myself, and um, you know, I had a couple guys that I thought were going to get drafted, and I was worried about making making the switch back to O line. Um, and, you know, I, I just didn't feel comfortable doing it. So I didn't take the job in, in 2010 and stayed at Iowa. And, you know, um, and uh, so, you know, I had some familiarity on both sides of the ball with, with, with Nebraska. And when I got here, I came for the bowl game in 2011. So I, I was just kind of a casual observer until we got to the bowl site. Then JP starts calling the defense. And the next thing you know, they just kind of threw me in the mix. Uh, which was a great thing. So I, I got a chance to, uh, you know, to learn about the players, you know, kind of their personality, those type of things. They got to learn a little bit about me. But, you know, you learn a lot about your guys in winter conditioning. You're spending a lot of time with them. They, they come over to the office. You, you, you know, you show, them the, you show them the tape. You, you show them the drills you're going to be doing, those type of things. But until you get out on the field, um, and, and you're trying to execute those things and teach those things, nobody really – Nobody has a good feel until you're until you're into the mix. So, um, so yeah, spring ball. I mean, spring ball was a, was a great great time of year, um, where you know you, you didn't have to worry about game planning. You didn't you didn't have to uh, you didn't have to worry about uh, you know saving guys' legs for Saturday. So you got a you got a ton of work in. You got good on good. It was it was great competi- great competition. You, you learned a lot. Uh, you learned a lot about your team, but. Uh, yeah, it was good for me coming in. I, I was fortunate at both places when I took over uh, the defensive line that I had some veterans. And I think, you know, all good coaches, especially on that level, you know, you learn from the guys that are, from the guys that are there. And, um, you know, when I was at Iowa, I had Mitch King, Matt Kroll, Kenny Webma, Brian Madison. Those were guys that had been in the program four or five years. You know, I and I leaned on them. I'm like, hey, you know, how'd you guys, how do you guys feel about this? How do you, you know, what's your comfort level with this? And you know, kind of getting feedback from them. It was the same thing when I got to uh, Nebraska. You had you had Baker, you had Cam, you had Jason Ankara, you had some, and, you know, uh, nut uh, that nut job caveman, complete lunatic. Love the guy. Holy cow! Oh, but, uh, uh, Eric. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yep. Eric Martin. Yeah, and you know he ended up being an unbelievable player. And I think sometimes too, when a guy takes over a position, um, you know, when I got here, and I remember some of those staff meetings, and you know, we talked about who we liked, and I, and I, and I knew I'm like, this dude's going to be. I mean, he's a whack job in a good way, um, but man, I'm like, I think he can be a great player. I know he's a little bit undersized, but he he was the most explosive player we had on defense, and I mean, statistically and. Um, you know, the honors that he um, garnered that year, I mean, it, it, it tells the story. Eric Martin was a, was a, was a great football player. I, I mean, I wish I would have had that dude, uh, I'd say, for four years, but I don't know if I could have. One of us wouldn't, one of us wouldn't have lasted at Nebraska <laughs> four years. So, <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, at, at least maybe two or three years, maybe two and a half. Yeah, we, we could have we stood each other for two and a half. But he was, he was, a, he was an absolute great player, and, the big thing for you know for spring ball is man you just you got a lot of time and you got time to you know you, to get a lot of work in you can pound the pads and it's just you try to get as much individual in as possible anybody can learn scheme it's real it's really not about it's really not about scheme 
Um, you know, it's, it's how you play the technique within, within that scheme. So that's when I came in my first spring, that's what it all was about. You know, the tempo of the drills, what I was expecting out of the drills, um, all those type of things. And then, you know, your second year, it becomes a little bit easier. Now it was a little bit of a crash course for me the second year because now all of a sudden you got, you know, you got a bunch of young guys. You know, you, you lose, you know, you got Jason Ankra and then Randy wasn't on campus yet. Now, now you're counting on a bunch of young guys that have to play for you that, quite frankly, in spring, they're not ready to play. But we, we really grew up. I mean, we you know, you had McMullen, you know, Avery Moss, um, you know, Thad Randall was a guy that was injured, you know, Kevin Williams. You know, you, you had some guys. You, know, you really didn't have a superstar yet, but you had some guys that you thought you could win with. But it, it was really ugly early on in spring. I mean, it, it was one practice. It was so ugly. Like, honestly, like the defensive side of the ball was ready to cancel spring break. You know, the <laughs> offensive guys, they're like, they like bolted out Thursday night. Me and JP are like, you know, writing our resignation letters up. <laughs> I'm calling my wife saying, you know, we're not, we're not going to Disney World if we get this. You know, like I think Garrison was like going to pick up a bass boat in Missouri and like me me, JP and Bo and Ross are like getting magnets thrown at us by Bo in uh, watching the watching the scrimmage. But but you know, what I'll say about what you know, the the thing about spring when we came out of that, we knew exactly where we were, we knew what we what we had to get done um between spring and fall camp you know it's not just oh okay you know put it on the back burner like hey guys you this is what you need to do each individual guy this is what we need you to do in the weight room um you know so there's a lot of work that you can get done there's a lot of ground that you can make up before before fall camp starts unless you got a a freak like randy that shows up Mm -hmm. at practice then you know but usually you you go into fall camp knowing what you got and i'll say you know, that, that 2013 group, man, I mean, that was a hell of – you talked to any Big Ten coach about that Nebraska team. And it, 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 in the Big Ten now, I'm not talking about guys on the staff. That was, that was as, as, as good a coaching job as anybody did because we got better throughout the year. And, you know, we had some things happen to us, man. You know, you lose Spencer. I mean, you know, you lose – we lost Kenny for part of – you just go down the list of the guys that we lost. You lose Taylor. You know, then you lose Tommy. I mean, and, and we're playing with Ron. And, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, we just kept plugging, man. And that was the great thing about Bo was just, hey, you know, next guy in. That's what you, that's what you have to do. And we want some, we want some big games. Really, we really grew, and that team got better. I mean, I think it was that uh, who'd we play South Dakota. Guy was just awful. I mean, there was a lot of stuff going on, and, and – uh, you know, the guys just kept plugging. Really, after after that game, the light kind of came on. And having that month uh, of practice, of bowl prep, man, getting ready to play Georgia, they, they really, hey, man, they really took took some great strides. So that that was that was really, really, really the back half of that 2013 year was really a fun year, man. And and we felt really good about the future. You look at that roster. I mean, get, give us those kids in 2015, man. Good Lord. I mean, we, we, oh man. And that's what we felt really, really good about the future. But, you know, what can you do? Didn't happen. Rick Kaczynski's with us, Kaz. Uh, some, some tight ball games you guys found ways to win in, in 2013. I want to wrap up with your reaction. You're a hoops guy. 
what you think of the, the Jawan Howard suspension? Oh, man, you know, that's you know, I know something had to be done, obviously. Yeah, I mean, you can't throw punches, but, you know, I mean, I just, <sighs> you know, that, that one's hard to touch, man. I, I get it. You, just, you can't do that. But mm-hmm. then you also understand, and, and it's, listen, man, I mean, I've been in, it's, 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 uh, I've, been, I've been in those situations. You know, I've never, never had coaches throw punches and nor have I thrown a punch or I don't know on the sideline but you know guys get into it all the time man it's it's high pressure it's 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 high intensity and and you know you get after one another but um you know I think once again it's like everything else if you talk to both parties it's just it's just not good and, and, and it's no different than than you know things that happen on the sidelines there's you know, there's things that are, are part of the intensity and the emotion of the game, and then there's just things that you just can't you can't do. And in this day and age, you just you just can't you just can't you just can't do that. But uh, you know, the Wisconsin guy kind of looked like he put his hands on him on him first, kind of stopped his his pass, and and then you know after that, all, all bets are off. But I understand the Big Ten had to do something. Michigan had to do something. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not one for, you know, firing guys. Uh, but but I think you know that's the second time something like that's happened. Maybe I don't know about throwing punches. No, but, he's it's know. not gotten physical ever. He he got into it with Turgeon, and you know, there's footage of of Garden and Jawan buddy buddy. I mean, Michigan beat the hell out of Wisconsin a year ago, and they're fist bumping both the, the, these same two coaches fist bumping and. You know, a hug goodbye, kind of at the height of COVID, but Jawan just like lost it, and you know, I yeah, I, man, I, I don't heat, heat of the moment. It's just, it's just tough. I mean, it's you know, from a distance, it's 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 real easy to say, oh man, you can't do that. But let me tell you, I know a lot of coaches been in, you know, been in those uh, been in those situations. You you don't want. Don't want punches thrown. That's never good because then too, you know, especially in basketball, you're you're, you're so close to the fans. Yep. Um, you know, you, you don't have a helmet on. You don't have shoulder pads on. So, you know, in hoops, you got you know you got a chance for for a lot of people to uh, you know to to get hurt. But uh, yeah, you can't you can't have you can't have it. But I guess I, I guess I understand it. But you know, I'm 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 not one to. Uh, I'm not one to judge people, you know, especially coaches when it comes when it comes to uh to those things. It's it's uh, you know, real easy sitting sitting on a couch, you know, commenting on that stuff, but you know, he's got to learn from it. And and I think I think he will, you know, probably a good message, probably a good teaching moment and and that's what you hope, you know. It's a good teaching moment for for his players and good teaching moment for Wisconsin's and you know, College, college uh, basketball players across the land, and and then same thing with coaches, man. You know, sometimes you need moments like that. Take a step back, see where you are, and put things in perspective, and say, "All right, man, I can't. Yeah, you know, I just can't be like that." So, uh, you know, and it cost them. You know, it's it's going to cost them. I think they're a bubble team, and that that's probably going to play a role. Um, it's going to play a role if if they win a couple of these games. I think they got a pretty tough stretch coming up, but. 
but I'm sure that you know those actions will will, will play a part. And if they're on the bubble here at election time, with them them making it and them not making it. Rick Kaczynski, Kaz, awesome chat today, bud. Always appreciate your time and your insight on things, and we'll uh, we'll try and stay warm here in Nebraska for you. <laughs> you do that, man. So I'm gonna walk out to my. 73-degree weather here, Schmitty, <laughs> so you keep scooping that snow up, brother. Well, we'll, uh, we'll bundle up, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll think of your wind chill versus ours. Kaz, appreciate the time, brother. <laughs> Same here. Thanks, Kaz. Good stuff from Kaz. Six o'clock looms for William Watson, the quarterback from Springfield, Mass Central. Him and Whipple go back all the way to sixth grade. Not sixth grade with Coach Whipple. But uh, the connection at UMass and Nebraska could have their 2023 dual-threat quarterback. So we'll keep you posted on that, have reaction. Jay Moore with us. We catch up with Blackshirt Husker NFLer, co-host of Big Red Wrap-Up right now. Jay, it's even too cold for you to golf today, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I hate being outside, period, in this. Yeah, this is this doesn't suit me well. I want that weather that we had on this past Sunday. That was that was incredible. Today is uh, next couple of days, not not so much, but next week's looking up. So, did you uh, just organically go sleeveless, or was that just a uh, situation where uh, it, it was in, it was encouraged? <laughs> did you get cold out there? When today playing ball, football? Oh, you know. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I've never liked, I've never liked the cold. <laughs> I mean, there's just, you know, you want to be tough. That's fine. But I mean, you know, the, the coldest, the coldest game I ever played in was big 12 championship. We played um, Oklahoma and yeah, I had tights on underneath my pads and, and I had a long sleeve shirt. on. I didn't care. Like I just, it was like zero degrees out. I wasn't, I mean, wasn't trying to, I'm not trying to prove a point. Like I don't, you know, so some people can, you know, talk about that i i think wasn't it like the minnesota game a few years ago frost made a big deal about you know the players hoodies. out there and mm-hmm. you know where the hoodie hoodie gate whatever it was and then, then i saw a clip of them you know making snow angels and their shirts off you know whenever that was this morning running so yeah uh no i listen i it's it's all you know if you want to be tough and think that's going to make you tougher oh hey go, go go about it go go do it but you know i'm 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 I already know I'm tough. I don't need to, you know, <laughs> put that out there. So, I'll just, I'll just wear the sleeves. That's okay. Are you, uh, are you tough enough to run down Harrison back in an open uh, backyard field? Oh God, yeah. Do you see yeah. the latest TikTok? Uh, I'm very confident that guy has put on a few pounds. Uh, I, um, he looks like he. I mean, the only workouts he probably does is, you know, you know, twelve ounce curls and. Uh, you know, when he throws the football, you know, the throw God, you know, that, that clown, he's such a goof. What a, what a, that guy is out of his, he's off his rocker. We knew that, you know, we definitely knew that when he first got here, but that dude is something else. So you're not going to, you know, you had Scott Stale and, and run routes for him. For every, no, 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 I'm good. Nope. Yeah. He, yeah. I, I'll, I'll, I don't need to see that. I spent a few years with him and, um, yeah, he was already too much for me then, so uh, I'm good. I'll, I'll hard pass on that one. Jay Moore's with us. Jay, uh, what did they get your take on on spring football, and you know what uh, what are your expectations for the D line? 
specifically, are, are you expecting kind of a, a new face or two to emerge, or is it really about the veterans here kind of reconnecting with Dawson? You know, yeah, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm bullish on the whole thing. You know, I think, you know, they lose some depth with some guys, and you know, guys going off to the, you know, uh, transfer portal. I know one guy followed uh, Tuioti up to Oregon, so I, that that didn't help. But uh, you know, I, I look at, you know, what Casey Rogers was able to do. Kind of came on late last year. I think Ty Robinson needs to kick it in gear. Um, that guy is. That guy could be really, really good. Uh, he just he's got to kind of make up his mind, and he's got to he's got to, you know. I think if if he can really step up, I think that would help this D line obviously as a whole, you know. And he might get a little more attention, which helps free up a lot of other guys, especially on the edges. Maybe it might create some better pass rush opportunities. But you know, I see him, and I, I have very high hopes and expectations, and I know a lot of guys on the staff do as well. But uh, you know, he just hasn't been as consistent as we like. You know, I, I saw some of the great plays that made against Michigan this last year, and you know that just needs to become more consistent. And that's just for the whole team in general. They got to become more consistent, obviously. But uh, you know, they, some guys just got to step up. You know, you might have a, a young Nash Hutchmacher. You know, he you know he's he's a young guy. It's just it's hard it's hard to uh, you know to to pin it down exactly. Contributors mm-hmm. to guys who you know. We'll be going to the NFL Combine, or we'll be in NFL, you know, camps this spring, you know, and in the summer. So, uh, you know, it's I don't think it's going to be a huge hit to the defense. I think you know you have the secondary will still be pretty good, and then the linebacking crew will, will be very, very good behind them, in my opinion. But you know, I, I well, but if you're if you don't have a very good D line, then that just makes the seven or six guys behind you, whatever you want to call it, you know, and it, it puts too, a lot of pressure on them. Usually, usually your defense struggles. So you have some key guys that played some key snaps last year that are, that are coming back. Um, you have some very familiar names, but you know, there's a lot of names that I'm not very familiar with that um, yet that you're going to have to step up and, and play and play in some big time roles. So, you know, the spring ball will be very, very important. Probably the most important position in spring ball for on that, on uh, the defensive side will be, you know, will be the, the the defensive line. Like what you hear, high quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast ten dollars off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than twenty dollars, can get everything we produce: ten issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. All-state, two-year starter, and rush in for the big run and NFL vet. He's Dudeness or uh, Duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino if you're not into the whole brevity thing. It's Blackshirt Jay Moore with Hail Varsity Radio. Jay Moore's with us. A uh, couple minutes, Hail Varsity Radio, Blackshirt Husker NFL, or uh, Jay Moore, of course, Big Red Wrap Up. Jay, what what can an even front do for this defense? Uh, we saw more of it last year, but uh, it sounds to me like they want to find a couple of dudes inside to tie up the A gap, the interior, and try and get more help off the edge. 
uh, with uh, with the pass rush, let, light up some more folks, maybe be a bit more aggressive. Uh, we'll see if the personnel's there for it. But overall, more of a, a metamorphosis from a from a three four to a uh, an, an even front it from time to time. Yeah, you can. I mean, if you want to call it a, a three four, even front, I mean, there's some things you can do, and I, you know, they could probably. You know, you can get somewhat exotic if they want to kind of mix some things up and, and you know, and have two down linemen, two stand-up guys like you see at times mm-hmm. with Caleb Tanner and, um, oh, gosh, Nelson, uh, Nelson, Nelson and, uh, you know, or, or you can go, you know, your more traditional three-down lineman, one outside linebacker in a in a 3-4 version or, or or even three-down lineman, two outside guys, you know, and have more of a five-man front. So, that's the kind of the nice thing about some of the defenses, you know, and what Chins likes to do is you can kind of, you can kind of tweak things and, and and still have your same concepts, right? It's just like, hey, we need to get some more speed and athleticism on the field. Perfect. We'll have two down guys and, and two edge guys. Okay, no, we need to bulk up a little bit. You know, it's a uh, it's a four minute drill, or you know, it's a uh, it's you know they're 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 too successful running the football. Hey, we're gonna go with our three down guys and two edge guys. So there's just there's different things you can do. I mean. It all, you know, you, you know, you're 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 repping, and you have your rules. You know, you have your your terminologies, and you're and you're always your your foundation of your of your defense, especially on the D line. But you know, a lot of that's also predicated, you know, and you got to kind of be able to adjust in the fly, right? Because it's just you don't you don't ever know how games are going to turn out, you know, and and in situation, and you know, football such a big situational game. So, you know, you kind of got to be able to adjust and and turn some things around. I think that's what is help this team and this defense kind of get ahead of you know the success of the offense i think it's their ability to adjust on the run and on the fly and you know kind of my hats off to chins on his ability to kind of do that you know through you know these four through these four seasons which obviously have not been uh good for anybody but uh, at least the defense has had some sort of success jay uh when we talk about tom brady and that that door being open San Francisco, the team that drafted you, that's kind of his childhood team. Do you see that maybe maybe happening? I mean, there's the never say never comment that's out there. And do you think uh, San Fran could move Jimmy G on? That'd be a second time Brady came in, got his job or, or kept him from keeping a job or winning a job. Do you think, uh, you think that's uh, possible with him and Shanahan working together? I mean, if if there was a team, you know, he's not going to go, you know, to play for the Detroit Lions or the New York Jets by any means. I mean, or the Miami Dolphins, right? I mean, he's going to go somewhere where they're a, they're a proven contender. I mean, NFC Championship game, you know, this year and just in the Super Bowl uh, a couple of years ago against the Chiefs. So, you know, I think with the Shanahan system and and just what they're able to establish there and, and you know and John Lynch as a general manager you know and him having the familiarity with the Bay Area where he grew up and went to high school so yeah I mean that it wouldn't be surprised I mean the guy can you know he, he I think he still has it in him I, I think he you know I, Tampa Bay I think had a little I would, I would guess you know probably wore him out with a lot of the drama going on this year. It seems like with Antonio Brown and all that stuff, you know, a lot of those things you just don't, 
he never had probably had to deal with when you're in here when he was in New England. So, you know, I think, uh, you know, the 49ers would be a good fit, you know, if they wanted to kind of put all their chips in the middle and, and kind of like what, um, what the LA Rams did this year, you know, they were all in to get a championship. And obviously they have the, the young kid out of uh, North Dakota state, mm-hmm. um, Trey Lance. And so it'd be a good way for him to learn again from, you know, the greatest quarterback of all time. So, I mean, if the 49ers want to make that move and I, you know, it's, I'm sure they would, they'd make that move, you know, yesterday, but it has to probably be up to Tom and his family to see what's able to do. But I mean, to me, that makes, that makes a, that'd be a really good fit. And, you know, if that would be the case, you know, you'd have to love this 49ers chance next year of, of making the Super Bowl. Jay, we'll, we'll wait till next week because it's just Aaron Rodgers and uh, Pat McAfee and he come out of a 12-day cleanse and he's just feeling grateful. No decision on the future <laughs> yet. I know you've been waiting bated breath for, for a decision from Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Um, I've been, yeah, just sitting on the edge of my seat figuring out what he's going to do. Yeah, I don't know. That was, you know, his comments on Instagram and uh, last night and whenever it was. I, just, mm-hmm. I saw him this morning. I don't think I actually follow the, the guy on, on Instagram. But, uh, listen, I, there, Green Bay has made their moves to try to keep him there. I know they brought in his old QB coach as, you know, try to keep him here. Then you see what Denver's potentially doing, you know, bringing in other guys from Green Bay to make a move on him. So, I, man, who knows? I mean, uh, the, the guys can do whatever he wants. He's one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. He's I don't know, he's either married or engaged to a movie star. I mean, was it's, yeah, well, it was yes. So I mean, the guys, the guys got it made, man. Yeah, he that, can, that was he another can part of his uh, his twelve day cleanse was the, the was, cleansing was, of was, the was her. <laughs> well. That's good. Well, <laughs> Jay, we'll uh, talk soon. Stay warm, bud. Yep, you got it. Thanks, boys. Good to hear from Jay Moore. Let's hear from Pat McAfee, Aaron Rodgers, over 130,000 folks live streaming that thing today on his YouTube channel. Your post last night, everybody's like, oh, this is a cryptic message meaning something. Pause it real quick. We're good language-wise on this? That's a good question. I think so. (laughs) Why don't we preview? Well, see, whenever you sent it to me earlier, I guess that wasn't the, my top of mind. I was just watching. Well, I mean, it, it, we we pulled it off ESPN, and it's still internet safe theoretically. Because what is the clip like? It, it was on a live radio show, so. Well, but it's internet radio or Sirius XM or it's, 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 it's XM, yeah. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> not the old FCC governance. You know, I, I made it through broadcasting. No, I know, <laughs> no, I know, but but the point yeah, is, yeah, is yeah, <laughs> you and I don't need to be taking the plant or anything off our desk tomorrow. We'll we'll just check. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll have it to you in the the final segment yes, of the show coming, after coming, the coming yeah. up. So uh, sorry, I just said you know what that'd be a to now be a bad time to go from our old buddy Jay Moore to f bomb city fcc fines <laughs> just just because i mean you know watching mcafee and his stuff on twitter's good and get a kick out of his storytelling i mean the, the best stuffs is the the, the pranks like the, the fact that they fill 20 gallon like buckets of water and then go knock on personnel people's 
dorm doors with the bucket tilted, they'd open the door and whoosh, it was the great flood. He's an entertainer at heart. He he never indicted Peyton Manning. But you just know the sheriff was a prankster. We'll wind down a Tuesday at Tale of Our City presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at hailvarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time on a Tuesday, Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We all effort uh, William Watson for tomorrow. Should he pick Nebraska here in five minutes as the quarterback commit for 2023? Coach Whipple doing some work. Mitch Sherman making excellent points earlier on just the, the region quarterbacks. Nebraska's been in on, but this uh, six-foot dual-threat talent from Springfield, Massachusetts. So uh, be sure to catch Mitch Sherman's interview. The podcast is going to be up here shortly. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Give us a rating, good, bad, or ugly. A lot of defensive line talk with Jay Moore and Rick Kaczynski. We dove into the running backs a little bit as well with Mitch Sherman and Elijah and I offered our thoughts as spring balls. Less than a week away, touch on basketball and, of course, some baseball as well. Tomorrow on the show, we'll either have a Watson or check in with Greg Smith, get the recruiting reaction on that end. Mike Babcock with us. Eddie Markowski going to join us. Let's hear the, uh, well, the cleanse, right? Let's hear from Aaron Rodgers with Pat McAfee. I, would, I, don't, I don't think about that before I, I post something like that. And I think, you know, unless you've gone through certain experiences um, and had, you know, uh, frustration and, and, and been near the bottom and then get near the top and understand the, uh, the beauty in life. And uh, I think that's, then you might say things about that. That's a cryptic message. I mean, there's nothing cryptic about gratitude. You know, I just came out of a, a 12 day cleanse where you're eating a specific diet and you're going through these treatments every day. And you're not really doing anything else. You got to kind of turn everything else off, and and so you know you're not working out, you're not straining or anything. It's kind of a recentering, um, and and it not only heals you physically, but I think it takes away mental stress, and and then the spiritual part. I think it allows you to kind of enjoy the meditations a little bit more. So when I come out, my first thought is just intense gratitude for the people in my life, and that's not every person in my life that I mentioned, and, and there's other people to, to highlight in the credit, but that was just w- where I was at. I was going through some old pictures from the last year and felt an intense amount of gratitude 
uh, for the life that I have and for the lessons that I've learned and the growth that's happened over the last year and the people who've been a part of that, uh, that journey. So that was pretty eloquent, well said. Cleanse, thankfulness, and uh, kind of where his state of mind is. So no declaration on his future, no declaration to Green Bay. I've seen some superimposed pictures of him wearing the old orange out unis for your Denver Donkeys. Saw that too. <laughs> you say that so sadly, but it's so wishful for you. It's somewhat. Yeah. 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 It'd be it'd be okay to to have him somewhere else. Not that I'm hating on Green Bay because I think he's fun to watch in Packerland. But you get Brady to San Fran. You get Kyler Murray somewhere. Maybe Russell Wilson moves around. We uh, shift it up a bit. Guys still have some some time and some room in their career. And then, of course, what does Kansas City do to, to, do to respond? I mean, it's all good. Uh, announcement. Check in with Greg Smith and Hale Varsity on William Watson shortly. A Huda Media Production.